Hi, I'm Patrick Coleman. And I'm Kitty Coleman. And this is Diggin' Bones. every time we do that no no just this time yeah what was funny about this time i don't know it's always your face <laughs> every time i see your face i laugh <laughs> is that what you're trying to say no that's not what i'm trying to say <laughs> okay okay down Let's to business <laughs> All right, so this week is season one, episode six, Mm -hmm. The Man in the Wall. Yeah. And uh, what do you, what do you think, uh, what do you think of this episode? Um, You know, I liked this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of hard to, there's kind of not very much to talk about in this episode. I disagree. Oh, I disagree. Well, I think here we go. I think there's a lot to talk about in this episode. I don't think the episode is necessarily a lot to talk about, but I think it has a lot of material to go on. Right. I mean, we found interesting things that we were both like, ooh. Right. But yeah. there, do they necessarily have to do with the episode? Maybe, maybe not. Right. We'll let our listeners be the judge. That's kind of the, uh, oh, you mean the skeleton crew? The skeleton crew. <laughs> that is what I mean. I forgot to say, welcome back, skeleton crew. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good. That's my DJ. That's my DJ voice, and this is an episode particularly about a DJ. Though not that kind of DJ. Not that kind of DJ. That's a radio DJ, not a dance club DJ. Now, that sounds more like a strip club DJ. And fellas, coming up to the to the bar now is a Chastity. Let's give it up to her, Chastity. <laughs> I haven't been in a ton of strip clubs, but I don't remember there being Neither a have DJ. I. I, don't, so. that's, I imagine that that's how they sound. Not, I mean, I. I just don't remember there being one. Like, I would just. I mean, came I wouldn't out, know. Did their thing, like, that's what? just kind of you know. Yeah, I wouldn't. Maybe I wouldn't. maybe the higher class yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I certainly wasn't in a high class one. I wouldn't know anything about about strip clubs. Of course not. <laughs> We're God fearing people. <laughs> so let's um let's do a quick synopsis of the episode. Alright, that's your jam. Episode starts with Angela and Dr. Brennan mm-hmm. uh getting getting ready to go out for the night. Angela's getting bones, you know, to have some fun. Have some fun. And they're going to go to the hot, uh, they keep calling it urban music. They're going (laughs) to the hot urban music dance club. Um, And Bones is not, you know, this is not her jam. She calls her outfit her costume. Which I do want to (laughs) say. Yeah. I feel like you and I yeah. strongly identify with calling with, costume? Out, with yeah. calling our outfits costumes yeah. because, I mean, we sort of dress for the occasion. Right, right. You know. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. And then we've and I th- I know we both to kind call of it a costume. Yeah, yeah. I think we know we both kind of feel like it's a, <laughs> a little bit of a life is the what, right. What, what is that Shakespeare quote? Life is a stage? Yes. Something like that? Yeah, life is a yeah. stage. Um, and, and so that we, we dress appropriately sure. for the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Or at least we try to, but I'm sure some people would look at some of my stuff and go, uh, no. Inappropriate for the scene, Kitty Coleman. Inappropriate. Okay. Let's, let's, let's not digress, we digress too much. We're, we're in the recap. We've got to keep it moving. <laughs> No, I digressed with you. My lips so are sealed. I Go carry on. So uh, when Angela and Bones are at the club, um, they get into a little uh, a little fight mm-hmm. with um, 
uh, with the regulars there mm-hmm. um, because uh, Brennan is doing her, you know, anthropologist, hey, this reminds me of of tribes, and we all have tribes, and that's offending people. Uh-huh. Get, they get into a fight. And I have something to say about that part later after he <laughs> finishes the recap. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so uh, during this fight, um, somebody gets thrown through a wall. Right. And uh, that releases a giant cloud of meth. Mm-hmm. That jacks up the entire club, and uh, also really just like a portion of the club. Uh, oh, jacks up the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the people get jacked up by meth because they inhale. Getting it. jacked up is drug slang. <laughs> well, you can always also jack something up to and call like you heard it. Well, yeah. I jacked up my car. Or sure, you sure. know, there's a lot of different. It's. There's a lot of different ways you can use it. But it's also drug slang. I get that, but I thought you were talking about the building. No. So, <laughs> we're really... <laughs> we're really starting out Just strong. Just cut that part out. No, right? I'm not going to. You know I'm not. Honestly. <laughs> and also, uh, along with this cloud of meth, there is revealed a mummified body. Um, of course... Anytime there's a body, that means Booth shows up. Yep. Uh, Booth is there to investigate. Um, uh, Bones and Angela are are stoned off their tits on on meth, and uh, they get the body back to the Jeffersonian, excited because it is completely mummified. Yep. And it's uh, it's Brennan's first modern, modern mummy. She's really excited. Um, over the course of the investigation, we have a hand rehydrated <laughs> and degloved. We have uh, eyeballs removed and examined. So am I really just not allowed to talk during the recap? No, you can talk during the recap. I just, you know, because I just want to say that they rehydrated blow. that hand in yeah. a candy jar. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't notice that detail. That's amazing. Okay. Side note. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, and we discover that the DJ, uh, had some, uh, had some interpersonal conflicts with people at the club and people at the label that he was working with, the music label. Mm -hmm. And we also understand that he had a girlfriend who was trying to make her life better. Um, she's also found missing, uh, or is also missing and later found under the slab Mm -hmm. concrete slab of a music studio. That's right. Her name is Evie. And as we go through, we learn that the victim, who is DJ Mount and Evie, were ultimately killed by the club owner and label manager um, Mm -hmm. because uh, Evie was stealing drugs and money and uh, DJ Mount was trying to protect her. Mm -hmm. And it's all tied up. Because the club owner, Randall owns, Hall, Randall Hall, aka Terrence Baskin, uh, owns a uh, cane that he pokes people with, which leaves a very specific indentation, which ultimately ties him to the crime. Right. So that's that's the mystery. The episode, in a nutshell. We also have uh, some side business with uh, Booth and um, his girlfriend Tessa. Uh, who are going to go on a vacation that falls through. Mm-hmm. And what are some other side business? We don't really get a lot of side business. There's not for a ton else. of side. Uh-uh. Not nope. in this one. Nope. Just, just the portion of a relationship right. corner. Yeah. Are they ready for stage six? Yeah. Yeah. It was Tessa who balked. Right. Let's. Uh, let's. Move on to it, and then let's explore it in more detail. Okay, now we can talk about the episode. <laughs> I just, you know, it's no, just for, it makes sense. I just, just get for people so who excited. Haven't seen it. I know for people who haven't seen it, though, <gasps> you know, I don't want to just jump in and talk about stuff. Right, I, I want them to get a sense of the arc. I understand. So, um. Yeah. Kitty, Kitty is drinking tea. Well, I gave you the one minute finger yeah, so you could yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. edit out my swallow. Yep. Yep. Thanks. I bet they say that in porn a lot. Mm-hmm. Edit out my swallow, Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> what? That is gross. Just gross. Okay. And that takes us to the relationship <laughs> corner. <laughs> Although we're going to be talking about different types of relationships <laughs> that probably don't include swallowing. Okay. <laughs> so, um, relationship in, in this one is pretty much centered on Booth's relationship with Tessa. Yep. She shows up with him at the club. Yep. Date interrupted. Date interrupted. Yeah. You know, he has to he has to go and his his coworkers <laughs> are spun, which has gotta be really embarrassing for him. Spun is also Slang drug for high. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's drug. I get that. And um she doesn't look pleased. We don't see a lot of Tessa, but she's not happy. Yeah, she's seems miffed about this. Yeah. I mean just in her facial features. They yeah. don't write it into it or anything. Right. But how do you feel about Booth about Booth's gesture of like getting her cab fare? Because she says like Ew. I'm gonna get a cab. It's and like he's she's like, a prostitute. I know. She's right? a lawyer. She can pay for her own right. cab. But he's like, hold on a minute. And he like digs into his pocket I know. Ew. to fish out some bills. No. And it's like uh-uh. it felt icky. Weird. Yep. And, like, not great. Yeah. Ew. Mm-mm. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, times have changed. <laughs> like, I get that back in the day, but she's yeah. a lawyer. She yeah, yeah, can yeah. afford her own cab. So as so as Booth and, and Tessa are, like, going through this, they're going go to go on a vacation. Yep. There's a lot of vacation talk. And Angela has come up with Angela's stages of of dating. Right. She has. And I, did you did you get all I, of the stages I down? I didn't. I wonder if I I didn't write them down but Right. Um there's first date. Right. There's first sleepover. Yeah. First weekend together. Right. First getaway maybe? Or is this the getaway? Because this is this is like well, stage, stage five was the the extended getaway. Right. So I'm stage missing five. one of them because stage six is moving is in moving together. in together. Right. That's the one part what I wrote down. So, right. so first date, first time you have sex, first spend the night. I don't know. Ah, don't I'm know. missing one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like moving your stuff into oh, their apartment. First spend maybe? the night, first long weekend together. There you go. First extended, extended vacation. vacation. Six move in moving together. in together. Yeah. So yeah, Angela spooks the hell out of Tessa. Right. With that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's funny that Brennan says, "Like I know a lot of stages of things." Yeah. Those and are you've not... just you've just made all these up. <laughs> No, I'm an anthropologist. I know all the stages, is what she said. <laughs> or something to that effect. Do do you feel like uh, do you feel like Angela's stages are accurate? Um, I mean, not the way I dated, but mm-hmm. you know, well, how'd we do it? We never really had. We did have a first date, but we kind kissed of. on the first. Date. Right. I can't believe I did that, girl. But then there was like a prolonged. But do are we counting like the prolonged absence from one another over the course of no. a year after initial flirting? No. That's not a stage. No, because it's you were like, committed to someone at that time. It's not like it's not like flirting, uh, a sparks flying, a year, no, a has... year of avoidance. Sparks. A year of avoidance followed by... No, we're not going to count that. <laughs> okay. We had a first date. Then we had a long period of waiting for paperwork. Yeah. I need to have test results before I'll sleep with someone, fake yeah. folks. Um, nobody needs an STD up in here. Just no. saying. And, and then we moved in together. <laughs> It was pretty quick. It was very quick. Yeah. And then... And we never took a vacation together before we moved in. 
No, we? we never even went on a long weekend. No. And then we took an extended vacation. Yeah. And then we went on a long weekend. That's right. So our stages were all... We're all messed up. Messed up. I think everybody's stages are different. Yeah, you know? I think so too. Uh, don't put us in a box, Angela. I mean, everybody knows you don't put me in a box. <laughs> don't put, don't put, don't put in a kid box. Don't put Kitty in a corner. No, no, not at Mm-mm. all. So, um... But at the end, do you think that this means that Tessa's gone for good? Like, she decides she's not going to go on the vacation because, quote-unquote, something comes up. Mm-hmm. And Booth has to go on the vacation on his own. Right. Threatening that maybe he's not going to come back. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Because the A little early in uh, the... The long series for right. him to claim he's not coming back. Yeah, but okay. come on. It's only episode six. Right. <laughs> Out of how many? 55? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope I could do with Tessa being gone. Yeah, she doesn't bring much to the table, she's does pinched. she? Yeah, she she's is. puckered and she, pinched. She's a little puckered and pinched. We want Booth kind of footloose and fancy free. Yeah, I mean, not to say the temperance isn't puckered and right. pinched. But she no, is. Whole different confused sort of way. Yeah. 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 Well let's let's talk about um let's talk about Temperance um and her her trip to the club. Okay, let's now this does it seem like this is the first time she's ever heard hip hop music to you? Um I feel like it's the first time she's analyzed. It. So she's never been quite surrounded by it. Like, uh, I think she's heard it before. But she hasn't been immersed. Immersed in it. Into exactly. sort of like. Which is a whole different experience. Club, then. Up in the club. Right. Which is, I think, is a 50 Cent song. Man, we are so white. We really are. <laughs> but so is Temperance. Temperance is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, tell me, okay, so as as she's getting into this fight, Mm-hmm. And she's talking about music. Well, she says that she can feel the rhythm and that it's like a tribal beat. Right. And Angela says, oh, sweetie, don't say tribal beat. Right, right. And she doesn't understand why, of course. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, ladies right. of color keep coming up to her. First of all, I mean, it's not my bone to pick, but it's a bone to pick. Mm-hmm. How were those ladies ever going to hear what she was saying to Angela at that club right it's It's, it's, i've been to a dance club it's not gonna happen but in this scenario it does it's like the quietest it's like the quietest hip-hop club ever yeah it's like she's she's just talking normally and then everybody around her is like what is that white lady saying yeah are you calling me tribal what are you saying and so three or four ladies of color come up and and threat start talking to her in a threatening tone right and are offended Mm mm-hmm by her words, and then an, another lady comes up and says that she's using Descartes' philosophy to say she's down with the music. Yeah, which, I which found, is a great a great line. It is. I love I love that you. I mean, I love that in that chaos, you have a black woman who's talking about Descartes. Right. That's it's phenomenal. And what does she mean by that? Uh, tell me. I had to look it up. Um, according to the Compendium of Music, the Cambridge Descartes Lexicon, mm-hmm. um, Descartes said that he could use music to identify the affections and properties of sound as far as they may be known mathematically, which are capable of pleasing and arousing passions. Oh. Because he really didn't like music. Right. He didn't think there was much point to it. Right. Um, so this was his way of saying... Mathematically speaking, it's it can be pleasing. It can be pleasing and arouse passions, <laughs> but but only but not on an emotional level, but right. But on a mat because the mathematics of the music, right. It, but Descartes, I never, I don't think he Descartes ever experienced hip hop. True. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I would imagine not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> maybe his, you know, maybe his, uh, maybe his tone would change if he heard some like Wu Tang. Right, but I think it's cute that the, the lady who's defending, Temperance is like, she can only think of things analytically. Right. So, she's using 
something similar to right. Descartes' yeah. philosophy. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great defense. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. The thing the thing about this this episode, I, I kind of had a feeling like they didn't like the writers really weren't sure the difference between an MC and a DJ. Because they're two they're two different things. You know, like an like an MC, a hip hop MC is the one who's who's rapping. They're the one on the microphone, and the uh, character rules, the R U L Z rules, mm-hmm. is an MC. It, he's like maybe a producer MC, kind of like a kind of like a Jay Z, but the way they talk about DJ Mount is he's a DJ, and the thing about a DJ is that they're the ones who are responsible for producing the beats, mixing the beats live on the turntables, um, getting a club going, but rarely is a DJ like an MC. Unless you're like... D- like Khalid is a producer and a DJ um, who's very famous. He, I, but I don't think he, I don't, even then, I don't think he MCs. I think he has guest MCs on his, on all of his tracks. Hmm. But it, it's kind of like they're confused. There's not a lot of DJs in the hip hop, you know, music business who are like big enough to carry a label. Right. Or move to another label. Like hip hops or DJs are usually a part of a, of a crew of like mm-hmm. a, of like a hip hop crew who are, um, uh, you know, who are, who are laying the foundations for, for what everybody else is doing. And, and as such, they do become famous, but usually as part of a crew. Did you, you know? have a crew when you were a DJ? No, and also I wasn't f- famous or well-known at all, nor could I ever have been. Oh, you could have been. <laughs> no. If I hadn't come along and made you stop wearing those jeans... <laughs> DJ Unknown Poet! Yes! In the house! Wearing these jeans with giant pockets! You guys, those pockets went to the back of his knees. They were huge. Yeah, that's true. Um, and there are some famous DJs, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, discount, like, uh, like, DJ Shadow, DJ Spooky, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf is a, is a, uh, pretty pretty famous DJ and producer. Um, they all sort of made their uh, made their mark uh, through through DJing, but it's the, it's fairly rare. So it's weird to me that in this episode they're focusing like on this on this beef between an MC and a DJ. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel like the writer understands. You know, quite frankly, I'm not sure that I quite yet understand either i could see how it can get muddy. yeah it yeah. can it can get muddy yeah it can't get muddy i mean it would require a so full I i'm gonna give the writer a little grace they should have done more research more research obviously yes but you don't know what you don't know until you're told right so right they thought they were doing the right thing right but obviously exactly oh i wanted to point out that that's <laughs> There's a there's a nice little meta moment at the very beginning of the episode mm-hmm. where, uh, as Angela is taking uh, Bones out of the lab, mm-hmm. um, one of the throwaway lines Bones says is that she needs to uh, she needs to provide research for a television show, yes. not that they ever listen. Yes. <laughs> so a nice little like. Dig. Nice little dig. But so far, Bones has done really well on its research. Like, most of the stuff that we... Well, we don't know what Kathy has provided. That's true. Well, And I what has been ignored. Well, I don't think she's actually provided much because she's... Uh, Kathy Reichs, the, the writer of the, the novels, mm-hmm. um, has yet to be a writer, Um for one of these episodes. No, I understand, but I believe she was probably a consultant. Like a producer, consultant. Or just a consultant. Yeah. It's it's possible. I mean, this is the first season. I would know, imagine if she is... were, you know, 
If so they were think- like, hey, can we make this series based on your books? She would probably be like, yeah, but you got to talk. We got to talk. Do you think that, um, do you think that, that Kathy Reichs put that in there? That line? Well, I'm not sure about that per se. Um, but it could be a joke between the writers. Like sure. she's given us a 10 page dissertation. Right. But we on never, this, but, but we we're only going to copy and paste this paragraph. Sure. And ignore the rest. Yeah. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. Could be just a joke amongst the writers. A jokey joke. Well, Office um, jokes. Speaking of research, this, there's something very interesting about this episode. It is based on a real life case. <gasps> um... And this, it happened in, ooh, 2002. Um, a DJ named DJ Phonesis, uh, also Grand Master Sanchez, he was Ed- Eduardo Sanchez, 21 years old. He was a Canadian disc jockey in Winnipeg. Okay. Um, he went missing. Uh-huh. Now... He was missing for a while. Nobody knew where he went. Nobody knew what was going on. And, um, you know, kind of life went on Uh at the club that he worked at. Okay. Uh, Now, the club was stinky. It was stinky just because there were people in it. There was a pub next door Mm -hmm. that was was pretty smelly and smoky. But then something very interesting in Winnipeg happened around that time. Probably smelled like the lamp. They banned smoking. Oh, uh uh-huh. And suddenly, without smoking inside of the club, (gasps) they picked up the smell. No! So gross! And that's how they found DJ Phonosis, Eduardo Sanchez, lodged between a false wall and the brick wall behind it. Oh my god. And, like in this episode, he was very well preserved and mummified. Now, unlike this episode, they don't know why he, why or why how he got back there. Because there was no reason to be back there to like crawl. Do they know back how there. he died? Um, yeah, they, he died of of like suffocation and asphyxiation because it was too tight back there. Um, oh, now sorry. the talk screens showed that that you know he he was high at the time but Mm -hmm. still that doesn't explain like you don't get high and just like i'm gonna crawl behind this wall i mean i think it depends on how high you are right well i guess so there weren't any like drugs or money or anything Mm -hmm. people saw him the night he disappeared they were inviting him to go to an after party after set at the club Mm -hmm. he waved them off and said no i don't think so i'm gonna and then they watched him walk back to the club and that's the last they had seen of him but they have no idea why he got why why or how he got back there and the winnipeg police um said there was no foul play involved wow so it was i guess what they call death by misadventure oh yeah so say so so psa kids it's so it's it's what like it's a very weird niche case to build a complete episode out of. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did a good job of sort of extrapolating it. Right. Because in this, the DJ was following his girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, who was being chased and he was killed by, by the club owner. Right. Smothered With by, meth a, by a bag of meth. And that seems to be this guy's M.O., yeah, he does it like more than once. Like, yeah. what a weird, what a weirdo decision to Especially make. Especially a guy who's clean, right? And like, why are you carrying around giant bags of meth, yo? <laughs> doesn't doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's a very, very weird choice uh, for for this club owner as a as a method of execution. Yeah. Um, the club owner, by the way, is. Uh, played very, very well by um, Bokeem Woodbine. Mm-hmm. And he's had a 
he's had an awesome career. It was so mm-hmm. cool seeing him in this. Yeah. Because I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He has been in a lot of stuff, yeah. And he's just a great actor. And he plays this role really, really mm-hmm. well for the small time that what he's What else has he been in? Uh, he has also been in... Um, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. as uh, as one of the Shockers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, he's been in some Spike Lee movies, Crooklyn. Uh, he was in he was in Dead Presidents. Um, he was in uh, he was in The Rock, the great movie The Rock with ah. uh, yeah. Um, and he's just had a really diverse um and wild career what are some of the ones that that he was in i think more recently oh man there's just so much um he's had a a wild incredible long career um but it was great definitely great to see him yeah i knew i recognized him um I wonder if he has a Sesame Street episode. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> um, so, as as we're solving this um, this DJ's murder, mm-hmm. his father comes in, right? And it's just like kind of a random Mr. Taylor. Yeah, and Mr. Taylor is not. I mean, like it's a very meaty you know, part, but it's not that huge. He comes right. in to talk about his son. To humanize him. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like what's been being said in the papers. In the media about him being a drug, mm-hmm. a drug dealer connected right. with drugs because he taught him a personal relationship with Jesus. Personal. Personal. Right. Relationship. He, he expresses. Right. But he says his son was killed by iniquity. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe you have some information I do. for us in the eti- etymology corner. Well, and then uh, he asks Booth if he yeah. knows what that means. And, and I was like, no. <laughs> did they're you, def- they're de- no, I, I did mean. Did you know what I meant? You had, I, I've have probably, really great I've used it. Vocabulary. So you, but, uh, and I knew what it meant just because of a little thing from my past. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, but then Booth quotes Mm -hmm. psalm 59 Mm -hmm. which is deliver me from mine enemies O god defend me from them that rise up against me deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from the bloody men for lo they lie in wait for my soul the mighty are gathered against me not for my transgression nor for my sin O lord so that's psalm 59 which Booth only quotes, quotes part of it. Very, yeah, I bet you're all wishing I had only quoted part no, of it. No, no, I was important. glad to hear the whole thing. Yeah, so um, it comes from the Latin, um, in, from mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. means not, and aqueous means equal, just, so not equal or just. Um, and according to Webster's, it just means immoral or grossly unfair behavior. Mm-hmm. But then there was the feed the missions definition. What's um, feed the mission? It's a it's a mission to feed people. Okay. And their definition of iniquity is a violation of the right or duty that mankind is under obligation to do. Yeah. An iniquity can also be a wicked act or moral conduct to practice. Mm. These are harmful and offensive to society, especially to God. And in the Bible, in terms of sin and iniquity are often used interchangeably. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay, well, now I have a better understanding. I'm going to use it all the time. Yeah. Like, st- stop it with your iniquity. Your iniquity is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to use that one with the children. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um... This, uh, so the iniquity here is, is, um, you know, largely, uh, jealousy and anger, um, from, from the club owner. Pride. Pride. The sin of that's, pride. That's, because that's he's going to jump. Right. Jump right. the label. Jump the label. Go to a different label. Which, yeah. 
And, you they know, had to explain that to Temperance. Right, right. And maybe to me. And the thing is that, <laughs> that I don't, see, I don't know that that's, that, something that's going on in this episode is it's like a, it's like a tour of black culture, you know, uh, circa 2005. So you've got hip hops, DJs, you've got um, Crump. Which right. was really big at the time. Right. Um, you know, that documentary Rise is absolutely... Do you it, remember Rise, I that do, documentary? I do, but and, that, and that's why it makes me always feel... And it's not my right to have an mm-hmm. opinion one way or another. I right. understand that, and yet here I am with one. Um, it makes me feel strange when I see Crump being taught. Mm-hmm. Or when it's on So You Think You Can Dance, and they're right. like choreographing it right because i was given to believe that it was more of a spontaneous right thing yeah so i don't know it seems disingenuous well in but rise, i could be wrong in rise um rise followed some some schools mm-hmm. or, or, and some crumping sort of crews that mm-hmm. that were in in uh in east la I right um so is a crew uh, and a school the same thing though I don't, I don't know. Probably. I mean, they're sort of, you know, learning and teaching each other and playing off each other. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, you know, there's, there's dance, there's all types of dance crews. I mean, there's, you have the, um, like break dancing dance crews back Mm -hmm. in the day, you know, I'm sure that could be considered kind of like a school, um, because, you learn how to do what you're doing from other dancers who are more experienced. Right. It just feels weird when it's in such a sterile setting to me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with like a Mm -hmm. dance studio and Mm -hmm. mirrors and they're wearing their little dance slippers. Yeah. And now they're I don't think any of them were wearing dance slippers, were they? (laughs) They were on So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. You know, so not on this episode, but on this. And so it just has always made me feel... (sighs) That, you know, you'd taken a little bit of the, the passion out of it by sure. making it sterile. Sure. And when you put it in a, in a you know, procedural uh, television mystery, <laughs> you, take, you take, like, all, all the of soul the out soul out of it. Out of yeah. it. Yeah. All of the passion out of it. And yeah. the thing is, is, like, as, <laughs> as Bones and Booth are, like, sort of traversing this this uh, uh, sampling of African-American uh, black culture in 2005, mm-hmm. um, Booth keeps leaning into the slang. Right. Like when he's talking to him, all of a sudden he's starting to drop his G's, you mm-hmm. know. He's getting a little loose with his body, you know. Right. He's like trying to talk a little street, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... I mean, it's embarrassing. Well, it's like when our son tries to act cool. Right. And you're like, ooh, not a good look That's for you, baby. That's what the kids call cringe. That is what the kids call cringe. And we knew it in mm-hmm. our day as simply, like, embarrassing. Poser. Yeah. But it's, but it's, um, I can understand, like, I, I, I think I understand cringe as a concept enough now that that's absolutely how I felt. Yeah. Watching Booth kind of like lean into that. I mean, the only thing he didn't do was throw in like a, yo, homie. Mm-hmm. Like he was <laughs> like half a hair away right. from like, from going that hard. Right. Or trying um, to do a handshake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. And, and the weird thing is, is that, for, it seems like for no reason. Like, do you think Booth honestly felt as a as a character like he could pull it off? Like, yeah, if I lean into this, like we'll start we'll start having no, a. No, he could have um, a similar parrot problem mm-hmm. that I have, mm-hmm. and which is. Ironic because he mentions parrots and how people shouldn't. Right. But that's not what I'm talking about. If I'm around someone with a certain accent mm-hmm. without realizing it, yep. I then start copying it. Yep. Mm-hmm. After, and then by the time yeah, I realize yeah. it, it's too late and then <laughs> I just 
dig in. Might as well. <laughs> and especially if we've been watching like a lot of a lot of British television, you have a tendency to like yeah, come I... out of it with like a like really well, it doesn't matter what the kind accent. of television it is. Yeah. I will remain I will take not even the accent but mm-hmm. the vibe. Yeah. From the scene into our kitchen. Yeah. And like snap at you in a jokey way. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. So maybe that's what he's doing there. Yeah. Well, he has this moment where he offers um, the MC rules. Right. Uh, he offers him jail time. Right. For information. Right. Um, which is like, I don't, I don't. You don't buy think, it. I don't think so. <laughs> like he's I certainly he's, hope he's, not. Those are my tax dollars here. He's telling rules like Offering he's, up. he's like, oh, you know, well, MCs get a lot of clout mm-hmm. when they get arrested or or shot or killed, mm-hmm. and so he's offering rules like, hey, we'll put you in prison and we'll give you a murder charge, and rules is like, oh yeah, give me a murder charge, put right? Me in pr- but I don't think I don't think I don't think that even if you wanted clout, like even as the most clout hungry person, I mean, hell if I know, I, it's not. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. It's it feels not right. <laughs> well, it certainly doesn't feel right that he could do it. Right. Like Boots can't just say. Screw the justice system. Right. Let's just put somebody in there for favors. Like, is that... Is it, like, straight-up racist that that this MC is portrayed as being so clout-hungry that he would be more than happy to take on a fake murder rap and be put in prison for for what Booth says is 60 days and, it, and he's excited? It's like saying, oh, yeah, you know... These these black MCs would they want to go to prison? They well, they want to be or maybe it's brought just up a on murder charges. On um, well, you might be right. Maybe it is straight up racist. It feels like it, but I think there's also a an idea in America that certain people. Black, white, whatever, will do anything sure. it takes to to get ahead I mean, and become it's, famous. Yeah, it's straight up like main character syndrome, you know. Like right. In the, in the world of TikTok, there's people who do insane and ridiculous right. things. So, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just I think when you put it in the context of a of a black MC asking the police to put him away for clout, right. like I, I don't, it, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't pass the smell test. For doesn't me. pass the sniff test. The racist, just like the, the guy in Winnipeg. Test, right? <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of sniff tests, mm, uh, what he gives up. Sniff tests. What he gives up. What this MC gives up is that um, the club owner has poured a new foundation for his studio. Right. And that's how we're tracking down the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But the girlfriend is tracked down through a lovely character named mm-hmm. Tootie. Right. And Tootie is a, is a mastiff. Yep. And like a drooly, wrinkly face, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful mastiff. Yeah. Booth has a problem with how wrinkly and truly. Well, maybe just Tootie dogs is. in general. Maybe just dogs in general. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense. He seems like a dog kind of guy. But Tootie is a cadaver dog. Yep. And goes into the studio and um, indicates by laying down right on the spot. Yeah. Where uh, uh, Eve is likely buried. Right. The and then Bones then proceeds to circle Tootie on a rug with chalk. With chalk, yeah. Which you cannot see. The chalk at all. <laughs> and it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so I was curious about... Um, this This is my science corner for this week. Oh, okay. Is um, cadaver chalk dogs. Chalk and carpet? Oh, cadaver no, dogs. not chalk and carpet. <laughs> cadaver dogs. I was very curious about cadaver dogs. Right. Like, how do, how do they work? Right. Um... Because we've seen a lot where they've identified a body and then it's right. like, oopsie. No, they didn't. 
So dogs are... So are are, they for real? Yeah, they are for real, actually. Oh. Um, You know, a dog's nose has a sensitivity of, like, you know, however many parts per trillion. They can pick up um, what, what are called volatile organic compounds. Those are the thing a dog detects on, whether it's whether it's drugs or whether it's like firearms that they're sniffing out or whether it's, or whether it's bodies or whether they're trying to rescue humans. They're, they're sniffing for what are called volatile organic compounds or VOCs. Okay. Um, they can, they can pick up, like I said, parts per trillion. Right. The equipment that we have that's, is only sensitive enough to pick up like, parts per billion Mm. so it's hard for us to understand what exactly of those vocs dogs are picking up if we understood that Mm -hmm. we could probably you know ai find uh, find a better way right to to detect um uh, cadavers Uh um cadaver dogs um need to be uh need to be trained right they don't just the, the just a dog isn't just going to Lay, lay down on a dead body. Or even sniff... I mean, some dogs sniff out decay right. as a natural sort of... And then roll in it. Right. I Ugh. mean, that's sort of part of their part of their jam. Right. But so what you need to do is you need to teach a dog to alert mm-hmm. at the smell in order to... I believe the word is indicate. Indicate mm-hmm. uh, at the smell in order to um, figure out where, where the bodies are. Mm-hmm. Now, this comes up with a little complication, because in order to train a dog to detect death, Uh you need something that's dead. Right. So, in order to train a cadaver dog... Uh um, Uh-huh. Do they use body farms? Yes, they do. There are some places that train... uh, There's a body farm in Virginia Mm -hmm. where they train some dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. but that's not how they train most dogs. Really? In fact, there's a huge problem in the UK where you can't have human remains. Like, you cannot have possession of human remains in the UK. Unless you're a pathologist, unless you're part of the police force. A, just a regular human being can't just, like, keep a dead body. Or even bones. I mean, are we allowed to keep a dead body? I mean, we in have the, US, the bone yes. farm. We but... can We can order human remains if we wanted like a to skeleton. over the yeah over the internet and just get human bones. <laughs> but you can't you can't do that in the UK. So they're so they're trying they were they've been trying to figure out like how do we train our cadaver dogs? Um you know, they were training them on on dead pigs hoping that pigs would have the same give off the same VOCs as a human body. Uh-huh. They don't. Oh. They give off pig VOCs. Okay. So what you're doing is you're not training a dog to indicate at a, a dead human. human. You're training to indicate a dead right. pig. So what they started doing um, up in Canada in Ontario mm-hmm. is they started taking it, Do um, they have the same rule because of the crown? N- no, I don't believe oh, so. Oh, okay. Um, but They've started taking um, the limbs of usually uh, uh, diabetics who are having their limbs amputated. God bless them. And that's how they train uh, cadaver dogs, through donated uh, amputated limbs. And there have been some studies that are saying like, oh, well, there's anesthetic that is used in in amputation. They're identifying the anesthetic. Right. Mm. They're not. They're not. They're actually picking up the the VOCs because the anesthetic VOCs are there, but they're not, you know, present enough to, to throw off a dog. Well, that's a silver lining to having a bad case of the shugs. Absolutely. Oh. There's there's other... Um, some dogs are trained on actual cadavers, like, like at body farms. Uh-huh. Um, the amputated limbs, which it is wild. I never knew that there was an industry for <laughs> training cadaver dogs right. with amputated limbs. I mean, um, thanks for reducing and reusing and recycling, right? Yeah, it's very efficient. Use all parts of the amputation. Well, it's not like that guy who made tacos out of his leg that we talked about. Oh, a weeks God, ago. Sorry. let's not again. <laughs> oh. Um, something else that they use? Placenta. Oh. So uh, I was reading an article about one dog trainer 
um, who's made it a habit of wishing um, uh, wishing pregnant women congratulations and then asking them immediately what they were going to do with their placenta. Huh. Because she needs to train her. Because she needs them. She needs to train her dogs. Side note. Yeah. I was told after Sebastian that I had a very young woman's placenta. <laughs> congratulations. Because, you know, they like to make a lot out of the ge- the geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. Even though I had a geriatric pregnancy, I had a young woman's placenta. That's what I've always said about you. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're you're in your worry, and yet your placenta has always looked so twenty five. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like I'm robbing the placenta cradle. <laughs> well, you know, it was only there when I was pregnant. It's you don't true. just carry around a placenta all the time, just in case. I've got a food factory. <laughs> you gotta build it. So you know, maybe they, your young placenta could have been used to uh, train a cadaver dog. Might have been. There are there is a little controversy mm-hmm. in in all dogs that are used to detect drugs. Um, uh, explosives, um, you know, things like that in uh-huh. police work. There have been studies that show that if the uh, the dog obviously doesn't know where, you know, where the the, the guns is. or drugs are, mm-hmm. um, but if the handler has prior knowledge, the dog uh. might indicate based on subconscious cues, right? Like not overt cues by the handler but mm-hmm. subconscious cues Just looking by the, in the direction of it right and, yeah or some some tell that the handler doesn't even know that they're doing right um that disappears however if the handler doesn't know if the dog doesn't know and if the test adjudicator doesn't know oh okay so um, they could even pick up on someone's cues that they don't know exactly wow. exactly so Dogs there are is such smarty pants they are they are um, so there is some controversy there, but cadaver dogs um, have a great track record of finding bodies. So it's wow. it's a very very it's a very very real thing. It gets complicated, however, when it comes to drugs and explosives and various other things. But it can also be gamed. There is a uh, there was a story that came out. It was uh, in NBC News. This is in 2004. Cadaver dog expert guilty of faking evidence. (laughs) I love this story so much. This is March 11th, 2004. A once celebrated trainer and handler of cadaver sniffing dogs. This is from NBC News, by the way. Uh, handler of cadaver sniffing dogs pleaded guilty to federal charges that she planted bones and other evidences in cases she worked. Sandra M. Anderson, 43, pleaded guilty Wednesday to charges that included obstruction of justice and making false statements. The charges carry up to 30 years in prison. No sentencing date was set. Uh, Prosecutors said that Anderson faked evidence in several cases in Michigan and Ohio. Ah, shit. So our home, our home uh, stomping grounds. They said she planted bones in search areas and used her own bodily fluids to stain a saw blade, coins, and a piece of cloth. Uh, The defendant's actions seriously undermined the ability of dedicated law enforcement officials to investigate crimes and bring these responsible to justice, Prosecutor Alexander Acosta said in a statement. Why? Yeah. And so I think it's like, well, what is the reasoning here? And I think it's because you want your dog to indicate. Oh, you want to be the girl girl called. Right. Right. So if there's nothing there... (sighs) throw down a bone. So disappointed in her I know. And what's crazy is Anderson and her dog Eagle, uh, Doberman German short hair pointer mix, were invited uh, to Panama and Bosnia to look for victims of political repression and to Ground Zero in New York after September 11th attacks. They were also featured on TV's Unsolved Mysteries after helping convict a Michigan biochemist of murdering and dismembering his wife, hopefully 
that's not one of the cases that she planted. Yeah, I should hope not. But I bet that guy was really happy. Yeah. Because I'm sure... He's got grounds for dismissal. He does. He has grounds for for at least an appeal. Appeal, right. So that's uh, Science Corner on Cadaver Dogs. On Cadaver Dogs. So, um... I guess that's it. There's some yeah. there's some pretty gross stuff in this episode. The degloving was Ugh. particularly gnarly. Oh yeah. I don't understand why Bones decided to put that. Yeah, there on are her lots hand. of ways she could have. You don't have manipulated to put the dead it. man's hand on your no. hand. And how the look on her face when she did it. I know. Oh, like, honestly. Come on. Come on. That's I guess that's kind of a bone to pick for me. Okay. Like it's mm-hmm. unnecessary. Yeah. It's well, that's what I wrote here. So wear, unnecessary to Gross. wear the fucking hand. Yeah. But my bone to pick is well, first of all, PSA. They made Bones and Angela look so adorable high on meth. Mm-hmm. Kids being high on meth is not adorable. It's not. No. So Shame on you, writers. Shame on you. But honestly, I think Temperance Brennan would have a panic attack if she was high on meth. Yeah. Like, that girl's got a lot going on in her brain Mm -hmm. already. Right. To speed that up? Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah. There's no way she would be like, I'm just going to work all night. Yeah. No. Yeah. Probably a panic attack situation. Panic attack. Angela, Mm -hmm. she would be like, let's go dancing. Right. But No. Tempe, I think, would be like, fuck, what have I done? Yeah. Oh, my God. All the bodies I've seen. Could be rough. Yeah. Anyway, that's my bone to pick. I I didn't believe it. So the gloved hand for me, and also um, I think the uh, racist trade for jail time. Right. Um, Yeah, and I guess that's that's it for this episode. I think we've pretty pretty much covered it all. Um, Yeah. Uh, I guess I, uh, before we give our our final our final thought, our final thought, um, we Rest should in say, peace, Jerry Springer. Hey, uh, thank you all for so much. For, I can't uh, tell you how much it means to me. Subscribing, yes. uh, to our podcast for for being part of the skeleton crew. Skeleton crew. Um, if you are a free subscriber. Considering, you know, consider uh, bumping it up to considering a, to a curious, paid, uh, paid, con- <laughs> paid curious. Consider bumping it up to a paid subscription. Um, Maybe uh, we could get rid of the sound of me drinking my tea. Yeah, possibly. Um, <laughs> if we had just a little more money, uh, <laughs> what you get with a paid subscription is, um, and that's not just to the podcast, but for yeah, the. But for our newsletter as well, which is at mm-hmm. uh, marriedmystery.substack.com. Right. Where uh, you can follow us uh, writing our mystery novel. Yeah. Did you guys know we're writing a mystery we're novel? We're writing a mystery novel. Um, and so that's you can what follow all of this is really there. about. That's, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you subscribe there, uh, not only do you get the podcast, you get regular updates about our progress. That's right. Um, paid subscriptions get... Um, uh, they get a chance to uh, have a character named after them in the book that we're writing. Yes. They also get uh, monthly excerpts of the mm-hmm. book that are exclusive to subscribers. And um, pretty soon, I'm going to start uh, writing exclusive content about the dog characters in our book. Nice! My yeah. favorite part. And those will be um, for uh, paid subscribers only. Yeah, and you're not, and that we don't know if that part's going to go in the book right now. Right. Yeah. We're just doing that for fun. Just for extra fun and, for for you guys and And, and I us. think it's going to be brilliant and yeah. I think you guys are going to want to read it. Yeah, for sure. For a little uh lighthearted fun. Absolutely. Um so thank you thank you for uh if you're a free subscriber, thank you for for joining us. Yes, if you're a paid subscriber, join us again. thank you, thank you. Um you're all part of the skeleton crew and uh we love you. And uh, that'll bring us to our final, our final thought. All right, Patrick's got it this week. And this one is from uh, Temperance Bones Brenner. Brennan. Brennan. <laughs> Honestly. It's only episode six. 
Temperance Bonnet. you guys. Oh my god. Uh, who tells Booth um, before he goes on vacation? Yeah. The sad, lonely puppy dog eye Booth. Yeah. As he's leaving for the airport. Yeah. Sad to be on his lonesome. Temperance says, nothing wrong with being alone. Truth. That's your thought for the week. Yep. And we'll see you next week, guys. Yep. We love you. We love Bye-bye. You. Thanks a lot. <laughs>